Welcome to The Lab. What's going on, all you Brainiacs out there, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palma, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath. Shane, how are we doing today? Better after I just got rid of that awful case of the hiccups. I think the secret is don't breathe. That's literally it. That's why you plug your nose, you hold your breath, maybe a minute. If you turn blue, I think you're doing it right. I mean, I really think that you're you're exactly onto something there, Shane. If you stop breathing, you can't hiccup. It's that simple. Yeah, if you pass out, you theoretically cannot They're gone. hiccup anymore. They're gone. I mean, you're you're a genius. I, I don't know why Harvard hasn't reached out yet. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, listen, we have en- enough of that because we do have a lot to talk about today. In the last episode, we talked about rookies and their ADPs, and I broke it down because I've done so many mock drafts. And we're not going to go into too much of that today because I do want to get through a few more rounds. But I will talk about these as we go through them. I think we left off with Lucas taking Zach Moss. That was quite the trip. And a well, reminder that Zach Moss's ADP is currently 89. Yeah, absolutely. So- and I and I I did a mock draft following that because I wanted to see where exactly I could take Zach Moss. And yeah, do I, would I take Zach Moss at at the end of the third round? If that's where his ADP was sure, but I don't need to. It's like Jack taking Amari Cooper early on in our, one of our earlier mock drafts, like early in the second round. It's not the same. It's not the same. I jumped like a round and a half. You jumped like six or seven. Sure. And I would take Zach Moss above Miles Sanders every day of the week. And I stand by that take. But I don't need to take him there. I'll take him as an RB3, and instead I'll, I'll have two RB2s with one, at least one with an RB1 upside. So, yes, I took him earlier than I needed to, but I still don't think that's overall a bad spot for him. Obviously, I will not be doing that in an actual draft now that I understand his ADP is quite a bit lower than what I originally thought it was. Most people just, I guess they're, they're just sleeping on Zach Moss. That's fine. Y'all can keep sleeping, and I'm going to go ahead and, and come around this corner with the other running back that I was considering taking, I'm going JK Dobbins here. We'll Well, make sure that most logical pick. Yes. JK Dobbins usually goes around pick 30 is what I mean. And that's, that's probably who I would have taken, but it works. It works out. You didn't take Zach because you were smarter and you realized that you could have gotten him later on. Who would be, who'd you have picked in his place with the team that you've built so far? Well, I so I've got Stefan Diggs and Antonio Gibson on that team. I would have gone J.K. Dobbins, and I probably would have gone with Cooper Cup. So you would have you would have steered away from the running back position, back to back. Yes, I probably would have. All right, and now it is my turn, and this is the team where I have Devonte Adams, Tyree Kill, and I decided to not go no RBs because I got scared, and I took David Montgomery. And looking at the players available right now, so you took Cooper Cup, so that was my next highest. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, who just? Oh, you took Jacob. You said you were going to take Cooper Cup. Yeah. I know. I kind of want to take Cooper Cup, but I do need a running back still. And uh, I, I do want to say Cooper Cup's ADP is mid fifth round, and that is ridiculously 50, low. 50, it is. Yes, he, he is. If yes, he's Deontay Johnson's fifty one. And Cooper Cup is 52, and and none of you can see me right now, but I do have the ADPs for most players at this point memorized, which is scary. <laughs> and it's going to change, but I, I feel like the amount of mock drafts that I do, I'm going to be able to adjust accordingly. But looking at the board right now, I have a few wide receivers that I could grab, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to take. Oh, I'm going to take. I'm going to take a smart approach here. 
I'm going to take Cooper Cup. I was yeah. going to take Justin Jefferson, but I, I do have Cup higher in my rankings. At this point, Je- Jefferson would be way gone. If you're yeah. drafting at this point, we're in the fourth round. Justin Jefferson is a, gosh, a second round pick, which is. I'll say, I'll say, I have the next pick. I'm taking Justin Jefferson with the next pick, just throwing it out there. Okay. I had him at 22 overall in my rankings, and he's fallen all the way to this. Oh, you, so you're that guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Good to know, Jack. Justin well, Jefferson's getting overhyped as, as most people who have a rookie season like Justin Jefferson did. I mean, he's getting, he's not going to, he's going to be a fine wide receiver too, but he's not going to give you back second round value. If you take him above AJ Brown, you're going to regret that later on. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine taking Jefferson above Brown right and, now. And he goes above AJ Brown more. I mean, I don't know, know no, more often AJ than Brown not, but... goes at 17 and Justin Jefferson's 21. Okay. So no, there but... I have AJ Brown actually at 21 right above Justin Jefferson, but I have Justin Jefferson above DK Metcalf, above uh, Terry McLaurin, above Michael Thomas. I think he's and less of a risk than all that's of those not guys. True. That's not true. That's going to bite you in the butt. Terry McLaurin, what's the case for him not being safe? Because if I recall correctly, he's produced with a bunch of terrible quarterbacks and now he has Fitzmagic throwing the ball to him. So Terry McLaurin should definitely be above him. And, and I don't think there's a case for him to be less safe than Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had a great rookie season. Now you're going to see an emergence of Irv Smith Jr. You're going to obviously Adam Thielen being there still takes stuff away. He's just, he's not going to be exactly what he was last year. And that's fine. He'll still be good, but taking him in the second round is a reach. See, this, this is where it gets interesting because what we have here is we have unknown potential with Terry McLaurin with an actual quarterback. And I, I agree. Terry McLaurin's floor is still pretty high. But you have a sure thing in Justin Jefferson, and you're just no. you're, you're you're saying no. regression's going to come. There's no reason regression will happen for Justin Jefferson. Oh, mean, but but you you're saying a guarantee sure thing. Fine, we've seen one season, but you can't just out you can't just oust Michael Thomas like that, especially yeah. what we've seen in the past. He's been the wide receiver one. He's led the league in catches and, and receptions and everything. He's done that, and he's done it for fantasy football too. You said, I, listen, I, I've moved Michael Thomas up. I have him at 10 right now among my wide receivers, which I think is a fair spot. It's a good a guy spot. Who was drafted as the number one overall wide receiver last year, had a down year, dealt with injuries, uncertain quarterback, but we know he's a proven talent in the league because we've seen it in multiple seasons in the past. Jefferson, we've seen it one season. I have him as my wide receiver 15. I have proven guys ahead of him like Amari Cooper, which I know you do too, Jack. I have Cooper Cup because I've seen it before, and I, I feel like Matthew Stafford will elevate Cooper's Cooper Cup's game to the next level. I, I do have, you know, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin. I have these guys above Justin Jefferson because I've seen it. And I don't doubt Justin Jefferson. I do think that there's a chance he could produce, you know, maybe not on that level. I really don't think we're going to see that level, that that insane level that he reached last year of production. Again, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Adam Thielen. I mean, Adam Thielen had the touchdowns. If Jefferson gets the touchdowns and somehow he becomes maybe a top three wide receiver at that point with what he was doing. But he won't. Adam Thielen is one of the best red zone targets in the league. Well, here's the thing. And here's my argument with this. I think this team, not that it wasn't already, this will be a run first team. They drafted multiple offensive linemen within the first three rounds, namely Wyatt Davis in the third, I think it was the third 86 pick and Christian Darius at 23. They made a point to trade back with the jets to acquire more offensive line talent. I think that is going to benefit Dalvin Cook. Another reason why, and I just wanted to sneak this in there, that I do have Dalvin Cook number one overall in my rankings, the number one running back, the number one player. I really do believe he's going to finish as the number one player in fantasy football. I think, you know, injuries aside, he had a glory injury week five last year, cost him one game. He missed two games at the end of the season because his father passed away. Take that away. He missed one game with injury last year. You can't tell me that not 
you know, more than half the league definitely missed a game last year with something. So Dalvin Cook, injury history, put it in the past. I think he can finish as the number one. I think the Vikings team is going to rely so heavily on him, and I think he can handle that workload. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Absolutely. Um, but talking back on the running back, on the wide receiver with Justin Jefferson, I have Jefferson at 19, right? Similar tier as you, Shane. Right there in that in that next tier of wide receivers, you know, following that, you know, Cooper Cup and, and all those wide receiver ones. I, I've got Justin Jefferson as a mid-tier wide receiver too, which is, I think, a very fair spot. And I think that's where he has the highest chance of finishing next year. So Shane, I'll just jump back to that point there. So last season, Dalvin Cook was second in the league in rushing yards. He had the second most attempts rushing. There's a chance he goes up. There's a chance he gets more carries, but the ceiling of his carries isn't that much higher than it already is right now. Last year, Derrick Henry led the league in carries with 378 carries. Dalvin Cook had 312 while missing games. If Dalvin Cook gets 50 more carries next year, uh, then he's leading the league in carries again, which I, I don't know if he can get more than 50 more carries next year if you understand what i'm saying i don't think that increase will take away that much from you think he's going to carry the ball 400 500 times next year because that would be the most that would be the increase that has an effect on those guys never said 500 times you said he had what 312 312 last year yeah 375 and he missed three games so yeah he's going to get 50 more carries absolutely he's going to get if he gets if he gets 20 carries a game he's already he's already there the problem that I have with the argument is Dalvin Cook is not utilized in the past game nearly as much as Christian McCaffrey. And so in PPR, I'm not going to do that just because Christian McCaffrey is a lot more of an overall weapon. Christian McCaffrey is going to catch at least 50 more balls than Dalvin Cook throughout the year. I and, think Christian McCaffrey's uh, not with the injury, but just I, I do we know what we're going to see out of Sam Darnold? How many checkdowns is Christian McCaffrey really going to get every single game? He'll get I, enough. It's Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Uh, they're they're going to draw plays to get Christian McCaffrey the ball in his hands, as they will with Dalvin Cook, absolutely. It's just a lot more of McCaffrey's are going to come in the form of receptions, which I'll take more than Cook's. Could Dalvin Cook finish as the RB1? No question in my mind. He's a stud. Am I going to be mad at you for taking him one overall? No way. It's just Christian McCaffrey will stay at that spot in for me. standard, would you, take, would you take Cook then? Or would you take I think it's still going McCaffrey. Top I, three. I, Those I, are the top three. You can interchange them. Henry, Cook, and McCaffrey are the top I'd, three. I'd probably go standard. I would I'd probably keep Cook at two, both of those. I'd probably go Henry, Cook, McCaffrey, and Standard, and then McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, and PPR. I mean, even with McCaffrey, though, you're still looking at a guy who in 2019 had uh, almost 1,400 yards rushing, but also almost had a thousand had a thousand yards receiving. He had a thousand yard receiving season. So even if He's not even if he's in a standard league, it's not like his reception sure. numbers are only what's carrying him. His receiving yardage is also sure, but he's not gonna him. he's not gonna post a thousand thousand season again. He just won't. That's such a rare thing. I don't know. He almost did it twice in 2018. He had 867 receiving yards to with and a thousand rushing yards. So he oh, he'll get plenty. He'll get plenty of receiving yards, but it's not going to be a thousand thousand. Anyways, we're getting off track. No, no, no. And no, this is fine. There, there's no. We're in, we're in the fantasy football offseason. It's fine to debate and talk about this stuff because that's what we're we're here to do. When you look at those teams, though, were there really as many weapons on that Panthers offense as there are now? Because I'm yes, looking at the roster. No. I'm looking at the roster. You had DJ Moore who at that point was in his first year. Rookie. You had Curtis Samuel, who was in his second year, and their third wide receiver was Jarius Wright. Christian McCaffrey was the focal point of that offense 100%. Now you have DJ Moore going into, what, his fourth year? You have Robbie Anderson, who saw over 130 targets last year. 
Terrace Marshall. I, here, I don't know if Terrace Marshall is going to do too much, but I'm just saying the the I think there's more of a wide receiver pedigree in place now coming into the season for McCaffrey than there was in the past, where it doesn't have to be all Christian McCaffrey all the time. You're right. A little bit of a load off of him. Not saying that he's not going to finish inside. I think guaranteed uh, not. Well, can't guarantee anything nowadays, but I definitely think he's he's a lock for top three if he plays the whole season and he's healthy. I'm just saying I, I don't think there's a need for him to be this guy with the offense that they have now. No, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Is that going to affect him in the past game? Sure. And that's part of the, part of why I say a thousand thousand season is not going to happen again. All that being said, that year that he posted a thousand thousand season, he was the highest scoring player by like 150 points. Like nobody even touched him. So if some of that goes away, he still is the highest scoring. You you lose a hundred points, you're still the highest scoring RB, you know, running back player in fantasy football. And I'm still going to take that. I think Christian McCaffrey's ceiling is just higher given that that receiving floor that he has. Yeah, yeah and I, plus I he had Cam Newton throwing him the ball um, in 2018 and 2019. Okay, but but is Sam Darnold really an upgrade? No, but he, Cam Newton threw the ball a lot less and ran the ball a lot more. So th- there's your difference. 2019 was Kyle Allen. Oh, okay. 2018 was Newton. Yeah. Kyle Allen wasn't that bad. But anyways, we're, what? Justin Jefferson was your pick, Jack? Yes, yes, Justin Jefferson up. was my pick. All right, so now it's back to me on my team with Ezekiel Elliott, George Kittle, and DK Metcalf. At this point, I don't really love what I'm seeing at the running back position. Uh, well, actually, that's not totally true. Um, I, I still like Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis. Those are three running backs who, who I have right here in this tier. Um, but at the wide receiver position, I do think that there is more value. And I'm going to go ahead and grab Kenny Galladay right here. I will grab Kenny Galladay with this pick with this team. And we'll pair him with DK Metcalf and have a really good wide receiver core. I've been shocked to see where Kenny Galladay goes in drafts. Now I'm not a huge Kenny Galladay fan. Like I'm not screaming his name from the rooftops. I'm not going out there saying draft him, draft him, you know, going to have a huge bounce back season. But in a a lot of the mock drafts that I've done, he's fallen to me in the sixth round. And at that point, my highest wide receiver on my board and, and and you know he's he's sometimes my third wide receiver and i'm like i can't pass on that value i have him in the fifth right now i think he's a solid fifth round pick i don't i think this was a bit of a reach for kenny galladay i have him in the fifth as well i have him in the fourth so i think this was a bit there's just so many good receivers out there I, you just passed on robert woods you just passed on mike evans you just passed on julio jones you just passed on chris godwin there's a lot of names out there who i would I have, much I have, rather have than kenny galladay at this point no, I have Kenny Galladay above all those guys. He He's someone who always produces really well. And, and I think that in this offense, when he's very clearly the number one wide receiver, he's going to produce well, regardless of what Daniel Jones does. He's a super, super talented wide receiver. He always produces. He, he typically produces at a wide receiver one level. So Mike but I dropped him to wide receiver two because Daniel Jones is a worse quarterback than Matthew Stafford. So does Mike Evans, though. I mean, if, you, if we recall the argument, I'm not on the Mike Evans train anymore either, but if we call the arguments I was making towards Mike Evans a few months ago before Antonio Brown resigned there, Mike Evans has always been that sneaky, consistent, not yeah. con- well, consistent year to year with his finishes at the wide receiver inside the top 12. Maybe not consistent every single game, but you look at end of year finishes, Mike Evans is always one of those guys, and he's, he's only 27. You're like, right. He's still entering you know, his, his technically prime wide receiver career years. So I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't have Galladay above those guys. Like Jack was saying, I I do have Julio and Evans and Robert Woods and CeeDee Lamb above 
Kenny Galladay. But well, Galladay's I, good. He's a threat for a thousand yard season. I, right. His numbers were inflated a little bit in 19 because he scored 11 touchdowns. He's not going to do that with Daniel Jones. He can maybe do that with Matthew Stafford in a pass first offense. But with Daniel Jones in a run first offense in New York, points, he's yeah. not going to score 11 touchdowns. Maybe he'll score seven. Maybe he'll score eight. And he'll have a really solid wide receiver to value. I just can't see him putting up the same numbers he did in 2019, which was his biggest year. 100%. He's a great wide receiver two and if you get him as a wide receiver three that upside's there and i think i think you'll like that if you get him in if he fell to you in the sixth i mean lucas if you took him oh, here you're taking him every day in the sixth. absolutely I'll, I'll take him in the fifth i'll take him in the sixth like no question if he's my wide receiver three that'd be insane i still think you also have to look at the potential of daniel jones also being a better quarterback this year than he was last year it's which is hope. always That's a chance Exactly. You're right. It's a hope. And that gives Kenny Galladay a higher ceiling than like a Mike Evans, because we understand where that's coming from. But, you know, obviously the, the it makes the floor a little bit more uncertain there. But even then, I think Kenny Galladay will have a great season. He's, you know, you talk about all those touchdowns. He's a phenomenal red zone threat. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up another 10 plus touchdown season. He's, he's just really good in the red zone for Daniel Jones will be good. I understand what you're saying. Saquon Barkley is going to eat some of those. Absolutely. But who else? Evan Ingram is going to start fading out of that offense. I have a feeling with all the weapons that they've gotten. Kadarius Tony's not going to be a threat to take them. I, I really think it's going to be Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley down there. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's just going to be a wait and see approach. All right. Yep. So I'm on the board. This team I love Austin Eckler, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas. So far, it's my best start out of any team that I have. And I'm looking at the board. And as we mentioned, there's still some really quality wide receivers out there but I also still think that there's quality wide receivers down the line, down, down deeper into the board. Running backs, you mentioned some, Mike Davis, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt. Those are guys that I'm also looking at right now. But we're in the fourth round. He wouldn't be here at this point. He usually gets taken around pick 22, which I still think is ridiculously high. And I've seen people reach, take him in the early second round just because people – I guess want to have a reason to watch chiefs games and, and say they have the positional advantage every single week. So I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes right here, make him the leader of this team. I have him right now as my 44th overall player. So based on that, I'm taking him here at 41. It's a good spot. Again, he will not 100% will not last that long unless you're in a league full of experts and they know not to take quarterbacks early <laughs> and he might go in the third. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I haven't rated one round later, so not a bad pick. Uh, but I don't think there's a lot to talk about with Patrick Mahomes, so I'm just going to jump ahead and do my yeah, next no, pick because there's not a whole lot to hit on. Uh, on this team, I, I need some receivers here because I running back I'm already set at. So I'm going to go receiver, and I'm going to go my next guy off the board. I'm pairing my other Minnesota Viking uh, along with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen with this pick. I think the touchdown numbers were there last year. He's a consistently big-time target. He's a very solid wide receiver, too. I would make the argument that he can be a wide receiver one still for your team, but as a wide receiver, two, pairing with DeAndre Hopkins, I think there's very high potential there. Now, a lot of the arguments are going to be the same ones that we made with Justin Jefferson in terms of regression for him. I just don't see that happening. I see both these receivers sustaining decent value, so I'll take Adam Thielen. Well, I think that the, the argument's going to look a little bit different. For starters, Adam Thielen is 30 years old now, which is always a, something that that needs to be looked at, which although I do think that that is, you know, not as necessarily important just because of Adam Thielen's skill set, not a bad pick. I mean, a solid wide receiver too, in my mind, no doubt. Um, I, again, like you had with Kenny Galladay, I think you reached one round for him, but can't be too mad at it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, looking at this pick, I as we noted, there are other wide receivers that I still would have taken above him. And I love, don't get me wrong, I do love Adam Thielen. Uh, named a whole team after him last year because he carried me that one game against the Chicago Bears. We had two touchdowns. But at this point in the draft where I have my roster made out, I'm looking not with the Jack, you said maybe he could be a wide receiver one. And he's done it before. You know, he's done it before. I'm looking for the new emergence of, of wide receiver ones at this point, which would have been a CD Lamb. That's why I would have went with instead. CD Lamb, I think that he'll grow into that potential that we've seen with Dak Prescott back under center next year. That's why I would have gone with I I, I want to see more of that upside. But if Adam Thielen repeats what he's done in the past, then you got you got good value for him here in the fourth round. Keeper League, Dynasty League, I'm taking CD Lamb every single day oh, of the week. Of course. But, oh, yeah. CD Lamb might be gone at this point if exactly. you're in a dynasty league. No, it, it's kind of interesting how those those two receiving cores are shaping out because you kind of have similar situations with Jefferson and Thielen and Lamb and Amari Cooper, Cooper yeah. where you have the veteran who's been around, who's done it before, who's a top tier wide receiver. And you have the young up and comer because Lamb and Jefferson were both rookies last year. Now I, I different skill sets for each of them, but overall you're looking at the same kind of situation where you're hoping that both of them produce, and then you're going to have a very good wide receiving core. Absolutely. All right, Lucas, you're up. Excellent. Well then I am looking at my team that currently has Clyde, Cam Akers, and Aaron Jones. Wow. I really decided to, to go with running backs on this team. Well, listen, that My one, running backs are, are really set. That, it, yeah. Because absolutely. The wide receivers available right now. I mean, there yeah. are, there are, you got a, you got a bounty of guys here that you could just pick from. Yeah. And you know what? You, you mentioned the name of, of somebody who you would have taken above Kenny Galladay. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and take him here. Robert Woods is, is going to be off the board here. Again, just like with Cooper Cup, it's that Matthew Stafford, what is he going to do for that offense? Robert Woods is seriously looking at a season, 100-plus receptions for over 1,000 yards. And, you know, his touchdown numbers are probably not going to be insane, five, six touchdowns. But in PPR, I really think that Robert Woods is going to have a phenomenal year with a wide receiver one ceiling if Matthew Stafford does what I think he's going to do. So right here is my wide receiver one with Robert Woods. I really think there's lots of good upside there. Where do you have Cooper Cup compared to Robert Woods in both of your rankings? I have Cooper Cup at 13 among wide receivers, and I have Robert Woods at 17. Back-to-back. I have them back-to-back. I think they're very similar. I have Overall, I have Cooper Cup 37. I have Robert Woods 38. I have them both evaluated as early fourth, late third-round picks. So in Yahoo drafts that I've done, typically Robert Woods goes first. first. Yep. Always goes first. Yep. And he goes in the fourth round, mid fourth round. Cooper Cup goes in the mid fifth round, separated by a whole round. And you got the wow. older Robert Woods going above him. I don't hate it in my rankings. Currently, I have Cooper Cup uh, right now at wide receiver 14, and I have Woods at 19. So not separated by a whole lot, but I just have the feeling that I wouldn't mind either. Of them. Yes, I, I really wouldn't mind either of them. But with the drafts that done and the players that are on the board, when Robert Woods goes, I mean, you still have Darren Waller goes at that point. So I will always take Darren Waller above Robert Woods. It, it just always happens. Miles Gaskin goes at that point. I'll probably take Miles Gaskin above Robert Woods. But once we get to round five where Cooper Cup goes, it's him. It's a lot of quarterbacks. You have Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. Those That's where they're going. Melvin Gordon still goes in the fifth. Kenny Galladay, Chase Edmonds, 
Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett. That's kind of the range that you're seeing. And, and you take Cooper Cup over every single and, one of those guys. And I'll guys. take Cooper Cup out of all of those guys. Yeah, 100%. So that's what I would have uh, – well, he's off the board. But, yeah, if if case push, push came to shove and I was in that spot and Cooper Cup was there, like in many of my mock drafts, I would have taken him as well. All right, it's my pick now. Robert Woods is off the board. And on this team, I currently have Alvin Kamara, Calvin Ridley, Najee Harris – who, once again, every time I do a draft, Najee Harris is rising up the boards tremendously. And I think I sent this after the episode that we did, and I'm, I'm glad that I can bring this up to talk about it for a second. 275 touches is in the very realistic realm of possibilities for Harris, according to one of the athletic beat writers for the Steelers. And I got an alert today that they are using him in quite a bit of wide receiver sets. So... I don't know what to totally make of his value right now because honestly, it's all over the place. Yep. I've been able to snag him in the third round. I've seen him go with the first pick of the second. It's really, it's it, the value is skewed. And my prediction right now is that Najee Harris come August will be a first round pick. Oh yeah. I completely agree. And, and I think he will be, and I'm not sure if I'm going to think that that's too rich in all honesty, Najee Harris is at, and moving up the boards for, for a good reason. What's the one knock on Najee Harris? Bad offensive oh, line. That's, that's a big knock. Terrible. That's that's a big knock. It, it really is. But if he's being used in the passing game heavily, it doesn't matter. It does not matter what, at all. What, what amount of targets would you need to see to say this guy could be a legit threat in PPR as well? I'd need somewhere between – I'd need him to average somewhere between four, four and eight targets a game. Oh, four and eight's a pretty, pretty, pretty wide margin there. But I'd say four. You get, you hit me four every single game. Jack, you want to talk? I'd say five. No, I was saying five. I was raising my hand. Oh, for five, five. five. I think yeah. five for me. I think yeah. yeah, that's probably that's probably a good point. Five, six targets a game. I think is is really a good range to to really have an impact, a, a solid impact in PPR. I would not hate that in the slightest. And with this team right now, I do need another wide receiver. And I'm glad that at least for this one, I took the running backs. And I'll take Mike Evans. Mike Evans is my next highest wide receiver. Once again, Antonio Brown re-signed. So that hurt the hype behind him just a little bit. But I still think what we've seen out of Mike Evans the past few seasons will remain constant. Tom Brady's there. Tom Brady's the GOAT. And Tom Brady is throwing him the ball. I think Mike Evans, just like Chris Godwin, has a good chance of finishing inside the top 12, as he's done in many other seasons. So I'll take him here. People in the past have taken him as their wide receiver one. And I don't think you necessarily have to grab him as your wide receiver one anymore. He typically goes in the third round. You could start AJ Brown and Mike Evans. I probably wouldn't do that. I don't think I would take him in the third round. There are players that I have above him in the third round right now, but as a second wide receiver on a team that has two solid running backs and already Calvin Ridley, I'll take Mike Evans right here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Robbie Anderson still on the board? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think that's a, it's a solid pick, like nothing against that pick. That's in the fourth round, late fourth round, Mike Evans. Great pick. I, I'm just well, kind of surprised you haven't taken Robbie yet. Well, I'm smart. And knowing how I've analyzed the draft boards. Now mm -hmm. I know even with you two here, I know that he's not this high in your yeah. ranking. So even if I took him in the fifth round, I could do that if I wanted to. Yeah. I have him as my 31st overall player. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I will say that Robbie Anderson is right around this range for me at wide receiver 16. So, you know, I mean, he's someone who I looked at taking the past couple picks, but. You just yeah. don't need to. He's, his ADP you're right. is wide receiver. That's how I'm playing it right now. Yeah, like, you're his, right. His ADP is wide receiver, you know, overall 88. 
wide receiver outside the top 25. Yeah, so you're, if, you're absolutely right. That's how Yahoo wants to value him. Is that if that's how people want to value him, I'll take him in the sixth round every single time. Jack, yeah. what, are you taking right? You could take Robbie. This no, will affect me to. if you take Robbie Anderson right now. When I get him on every one of my teams on draft day, then we'll have a problem. But I won't make I'll, I'll make sure that doesn't happen. No, I'm actually going to. I was thinking about it. That's why I was grinning at you. But no, I, I know who you want. I could spoil the pick right now. If I say good too. Who is it? You're taking Julio Jones. Julio I Jones. am taking Julio Jones. Oh, I, I literally crossed it off before you said yep, anything. So did I. Yeah, Julio Jones, when he plays, is a wide receiver one. He was a wide receiver one when he played last year. I said it like a broken record over and over and over again because he has been an extremely serviceable receiver when he is healthy. He wasn't healthy last year, so his value is way down. Even when he played last year, though, he was good. When he played in games last year in PPR, not in standard, but in PPR last year, he was phenomenal when he played. He he only played in about half the games. He still had four games with double-digit targets. He's the type of guy who's going to be a target monster, which is tougher this year in that offense because now you have Kyle Pitts, you have Calvin Ridley, and you have Mike Davis, who's more of a receiving back than they've had before. But still, I'm really not concerned with Julio Jones because I think he is still the number one target there. That is going to be a phenomenal passing offense. Matt Ryan is a great value in later rounds, but right now Julio Jones is where I want. This is where I want to pick him. Jack, give me a mid-range running back in round one that you want to take. I uh, I assume I know who it is, but just say it. A mid-range running back in round one? Yeah, I don't know if you've done Yahoo mock drafts, but just give me a running back in the middle ranges for round one. Aaron Jones is probably going lower round two, but I'll say Aaron Jones. Okay, now go to round two. Who's a mid-range running back you would take in round two? I would take probably Austin Eckler in round two if he's. Going mm, let's there. say he's not there because he's going. He's going like second pick. I'm talking like mid, like Cam Akers, Gibson. I'll Aaron. go. We'll go Akers then. Okay, how would you feel about starting with those two running backs? And then going Michael Thomas and Julio Jones as your two first wide receivers. I'd be feeling pretty good right now. It's a pretty solid team. You've got a lot of wide receiver one potential there. I mean, the, I, literally Julio Jones or uh, Michael Thomas could be the wide receiver one. Next. If you did that, would you be more inclined to draft someone like Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase around earlier that they're going? Yes, probably because then the potential's there. Yeah. That's, that's a Twitter. good strategy. It's not Shane, bad. You're you're spitting some pretty good sounding facts right now. I'm going to be honest. Even I would love to start my team draft off like that. Would, draft board would have to fall exactly in your favor. But, but I've, seen it's it, I've seen it do that already. I I've was about it. to say, it's 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 not as unlikely as you would think. Obviously, if you're doing a draft with us, you know, you're, you're going to have a tougher time finding that. If you're doing a draft with other people, though, that is extremely possible. I mean. And even with know. us, it's probably possible. You know what would be the best start ever? Those four, and then in the fifth round, people start bringing up those guys. Like, you know, people do the quarterback craze goes, right? And you see those guys go. In the fifth round, you end up with C.D. Lamb. I don't think there could be a better start to a fantasy draft if you got if you got that stacked lineup nope, right there. absolutely not. And then you get Matthew Stafford in the seventh, which is right around where he's – or that might be a round earlier. I, than, I, I think he's going in the eighth. I've drafted Matthew Stafford in quite a few leagues, and yeah. he usually goes – round round eight round nine yeah absolutely Perfect. i'd pull him up to the seventh and happily take him there i mean yeah seventh round you see Jalen and justin herbert that's like their round that's where yep. they're going round six is like russell wilson and aaron rod it's, it's literally like broken down by round and then in the fifth round you have lamar and dak and then the fourth round is kyler and then the third round is allen and the second round is mahomes 
Yeah. So it, it usually falls in that way. And listen, I'll take it. I'll take Absolutely. it. Any time. Absolutely. Well, here's my last pick of the round. We are running pretty short on time, actually. I would say shockingly, but we do like to talk. We've got like 14 minutes left, uh, which is fine. We, we, we got into a little debate over the first overall pick, but uh, that's kind of what this show is all about. So now we're looking at my team with Travis Kelsey. That's right. I started second or the third pick of the first round. Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, Miles Gaskin. Really liking how that team is starting. Definitely could go with a running back. And see, I'm I'm really looking at take Zach Moss again. Why not? Yeah, take take Zach Moss for the second time. No, I mean the running backs here. You've got Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt. I I'm I all those guys are definitely solid options. Hmm, but I'm still liking some wide receivers on the board. Yeah, I'm taking C.D. Lamb here. There you go. City Lamb off the board. I really, the ceiling is off the charts. I cannot justify, even though I probably need a running back more because the position's weaker. I just can't justify passing up on CD Lamb at this point. He's going to be so good next year. So you good. You still have Lamb higher than Jefferson? Yes, I have Lamb. I still have him one spot above Jefferson, but I think that'll actually become a little bit more separated. I don't. I have Jefferson above Lamb still. Yeah, Jefferson way above Lamb. I mean, that doesn't surprise me that you do, Jack. I mean, you took him like way above lamb. Yeah. (laughs) So I'd hope, Uh, I'd hope. Are we, should, should we start the next round at this point? I mean, we've still got, we can, we've still got two picks in this round though. That's the, that's the thing. Um, So, all right, let's see. So this team right now, I have Dalvin Cook, Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Taylor. So I'm set at running back or am I? No, because I'm going to take another running back and I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I know you want I'll Mike take, Davis here. I'll take Robbie Anderson. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to have him. Just good. Just I like it. Him. Great pick. I love Great Robbie. I do. I, I've said it so many times. I've, I've preached the same argument so many times, and no one's really doubted me yet. So I guess either people are fading my noise or they're actually believing in it. And when it comes draft day, they'll do the smart thing and take him every single time if he still has that ADP of 88. And they'll, they'll reap the benefits. They, they will the benefits of taking Robbie Anderson that late. I, I'm telling I the the flag has been planted yeah. that I do think he's going to be a wide receiver one. Yeah. yeah. And the the only argument that could be made against it is the Christian McCaffrey thing. But as I pointed out in the article that I wrote on our website fflaboratory.com, he oh ten minutes left. All right, all right. He did better out of all the wide receivers when Christian McCaffrey was on the field healthy and playing. So I'll take Anderson here. Why not? You guys yep. will take him sooner rather than later. I would have taken him probably early fifth round. If you hadn't taken him. if CD lamb wasn't on the board, I probably would have taken Robbie Anderson, but I got him. Jack, you know, I love CD. Yeah. Uh, this is tough because we've kind of gone past my tier of wide receivers into my next tier of running backs. Where and do you I feel like Robbie Anderson? I've never, Robbie Anderson? I actually have met 43 overall. You've talked me up on him. Nice. So yeah, he, he was there. Uh, he he actually was behind this tier of running backs. There's only three running backs in this tier, Uh-oh. but oh man, I think I have to get the What's depth here because What's I'm McCaffrey and Swift, right? And McCaffrey okay. was hurt last year, and Swift's kind of a risk. And Robinson is my receiver. I feel like I'm safe there. I can come around in the next pick and take another wide receiver. So well, you got back to back right here. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So with the first pick, I think I go running back, make sure I solidify my running back core. And then maybe I'll go receiver after that. I might even go tight end after that. We'll see how this pans out, but 
All right, I'm going to go Kareem Hunt here. There you go. All right, that's who it was between Kareem Hunt and Robbie Anderson for my pick. Yeah, we go. I think Kareem Hunt's the guy. He he, when he showed that even when Nick Chubb plays, that he is a solid RB two, if not an RB one. So I'll take that potential there. If Nick Chubb does happen to go down, Kareem Hunt's one of the more valuable handcuffs. Hold on here. Hold on here. Jack, were you part of the argument that said Melvin Gordon over Kareem Hunt? I actually moved Kareem Hunt up this past week. Oh, you did. Oh, well, you I did. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, you whoa, did. did. I you said to the eighty-one people that responded to the tweet with an yep. overwhelming amount of Kareem Hunt over Melvin Gordon. I had Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon back to back, but then oh, I, did- I looked a little more at Javante Williams, and I was like, oh, Javante Williams is looking pretty good in training. So. We're, we want doesn't mean Hunt. you have to take Javante Williams. You just have to no. know that the, the the imminent threat is present in that Broncos backfield. Plus, how many games are the Broncos really going to be up and running the ball? Like, yeah, honestly, how good is their offense going to be? Not. I mean, it depends. If they get Aaron Rodgers. All right. Then, well, this is a totally different conversation. <laughs> but and honestly, it also depends on Drew Locke's development and, and everything. If he pulls it around, and they, I, I mean, there's a decent chance the Broncos are actually a pretty solid team. But Melvin you know, Gordon is not the answer above of. Uh, Cream Hunt. He's just not. Nope. I still have him above Cream Hunt. I don't know. I'm not as high on Cream Hunt as, as you guys. I don't have I, to be. You just have to recognize that what he did in his role last year, he still finished as the RB10. Yeah. I mean, Kareem Hunt, I, if again, like you said, Jack, if Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt is absolutely an RB1 in our rankings as he was last year. And even with, Melvin, with even with he's Chubb there, with Chubb? even with Chubb there, he's still going to be more Top often 20. than not probably rb2 rb3 range and i mean i, I, I can't hate what the are you pick. talking about i can't RB- hate the pick he's not but, RB3. he's an he's a every week especially depending on matchup he is a top 20 running back i haven't seen otherwise out of him i think that's baker's, the, the the baker leading that offense the browns offense is good they're getting better the browns yeah, get they are better. they are the browns are getting better that's absolutely true Part of their run game. All right, Jack, make the back-to-back pick. I want to get a few picks in here because I want to talk about one player specifically that I'm going to draft with my next pick. All right, this is tough now. Now I feel like, oh, I'm going to reach. I'm going to reach because I want him so badly. And I know this is a bad pick in this spot, but I'm going to reach for Kyle Pitts right here. So Kyle Pitts has an ADP of 84. The tight ends that go above him are obviously the big three. Hawkinson go usually in the fourth-ish round, sometimes the fifth. Andrews is still above him. And shockingly Noah Fant is in the seventies. Yeah. 80s. Noah Fant is rising and Ridiculous. I love it. I love Ridiculous. it. I'm not going to, I probably won't take him over Kyle Pitts, but I still, oh, I still oh. love watching Noah Fant rise. Of course yeah. you like Noah Fant. I know you like Noah Fant, but come on. Like the, where, where he's going, who he's being drafted above. Well, here's the thing. I think he's rising because of all the, the rumors of Aaron Rodgers going to Denver. And that's a lot of speculation, but I, but cause he started rising right around that same time. I think that's a big part of why, why he's rising. All right, let me get to my pick. Here we go. Pick 50. He goes, this player typically goes at ADP 55. This is going to be my third running back on my team. I think that's perfect for him. I think if you start with him as your second running back. Davis. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Say a bad word. I was going to call you a bad word. We're not going to do that. I'll bleep you out. If you can, if you want, I'll bleep you out. Lucas has called me many bad words before. Why? It was one time. On my, on my record here on the podcast. No, Mike Davis. I did so much research. I've done, I I did a TikTok on him. His quads are ginormous. Thank you. They're huge. Can I talk about his quads for five minutes, please? You, you absolutely could because, oh my gosh, that picture. 
Wow. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, Matthew Barry tweeted about it. The whole fantasy community, everyone, Adam Schefter, everyone was tweeting about it. Um, Cause why not? This man's quads are ginormous, but that's not the reason why you're drafting Mike Davis. You can name your team quadzillas after Mike Davis. And if you grab AJ Dillon for your bench, but if you look at the Falcons offense, I was, I was having a little debate with someone in the comment section of one of our tweets that we did. And the Falcons offense, yes, they're, they're, they're pass heavy. They, they go, they, they run through those wide receivers and most certainly will run through Kyle Pitts, if not right away at some point in the season. But Todd Gurley averaged almost 16 touches per game from weeks one through eight when he was legitimately the starter. And he had so many weeks where he got over 15 points. And when you look at Mike Davis from weeks one through 16, with all the things that he went through, is he the starter? Is he not the starter? Those on and off games, he still finished as the RB12 overall. And now he's going into a system where he is, as of right now, again, the clear-cut number one running back there. Cordero Patterson, I'm not worried about taking any of his touches away. I think Mike Davis, at this point in time, is guaranteed at least 15 touches per game. Look, and if you're getting 15 touches per game in round five at your running back position, especially if that's your RB3, you have to take that every single time. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And he catches the ball. It's not like he's not going to be involved in the, in the, the receiving attack. He literally, I'll pull up the numbers right now. Last year, he averaged 3.9 receptions per game. Fine by me. Like I said, four. You give me four receptions per game plus any touches on the ground that he's going to get, I'll take it 100%. Look, you've, you've convinced me. I've moved Mike Davis above Miles Sanders now. Oh, I don't have that yet, but I mean, we could get closer and closer. I might have that, but Mike Davis here, I, I wanted you to take Kareem Hunt because yeah. I had Kareem Hunt one pick above Mike Davis. And I didn't want, I, I just didn't want to take Hunt because I really like Mike Davis. So yeah. thank so you. So move, move Davis above Kareem Hunt. I just have it up. But I think Hunt's safer. Like I would take Hunt above Mike Davis. Is he? Is he? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I I don't think so. Because if Mike Davis is the clear-cut starter for that Atlanta Falcons team, if he's getting an average of 15 touches a game, I'm going to take that over Kareem Hunt. I understand Kareem Hunt on a fairly regular basis gets that too. But at the end of the day, he's still the number two on that team. You look at what he did last year, sure. At the end of the season from weeks five to weeks – or no, no, no. At the beginning of the season, weeks one through five, he was insane. But as the season went on, it was a lot of – 16 points to nine points to six points to eight points to 30 points to five points to 14 points to five points. Kareem Hunt, I don't think is as safe as you guys are letting on. I really don't. Do I think that he is a potential RB2? Absolutely. Do I think at the end of the season, that number that that talks about where running backs finish will be somewhere between 12 or 13 and 24? I absolutely think so. But because of that inconsistency, I just don't necessarily want that on my team. I like consistency a lot more than I like that. I'm not going to lie. I think this is a gut feeling. Usually my gut is not wrong, but I feel like the Falcons are going to bring a veteran running back into that backfield, whether it be Frank Gore, even if he takes away five touches, that's five touches. I don't want to see get uh, gotten rid of Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell. There's another name off the top of my head that I can't think of, but those are guys that I don't want to see headed to that backfield. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would take away some legitimate touches from him. Absolutely. And you know what? If I'm going to be honest, if they haven't added anyone at this point, as long as Mike Davis looks good in training camp, they're not going to add anyone. I don't think so. They've got a lot of young guys on that roster who can round it out. But 
I don't know. I think it's Mike Davis's backfield at this point. I really do. And I like it. I've got, I mean, I've, you've convinced me to move Mike Davis up a few spots. I've got him at 22. Now I, I think he absolutely could finish the season as a solid RB two. I'm just throwing it out there. I think the Falcons right now are the only team that we have had four players drafted from so far in this draft, which is. Oh, you pulled Kyle Pitts up just a I little pulled bit. Kyle, I pulled Kyle Pitts up a little bit, but realistically, this offense next year could be scoring Great. a whole lot of touchdowns, Great. right? It could be scoring a whole lot of touchdowns, which means a whole lot of red zone touches for Mike Davis potentially. Yes, yeah. and you, know, you just have to hope. See, here's the thing when it comes to the Falcons offense now, it's different from their defense because their defense still is not great. No. So you just have to hope that they're still in games by the time we get to the third and fourth quarter because yeah. otherwise they're going to be throwing the ball. But again, Mike Davis should still be on the field because Mike Davis is also receiving back. So yep. I wouldn't be too worried about that. Shane, I think that is a perfect note to end on as we are currently out of time. That's all right. We got through the first 50 picks of the draft. We'll pick it up next time with the fifth round and hopefully the whole sixth round. But I did want to talk about Mike Davis a little bit, but that's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Football Laboratory. You can obviously check out all of the stuff with the updated mock drafts on our website, fflaboratory.com, all weekly articles, everything that you need up there to prepare for the fantasy season. And of course, follow us on Twitter at FF Laboratory. Follow us on TikTok at FF Laboratory. We got some great content coming out in the next few months to get you guys ready for the fantasy season. For the chemist, Jack McGrath, Spitfire, Lucas Parrish, I'm the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.